Welcome to Volt Foss with Anna Taylor and Eric Summerlot. Join us as we dive deep into the questions we often forget to ask and search for the answers. Why does our society neglect its most vulnerable? Why do we place such importance on man-made concepts? What can we do to chart a course to a brighter future? It's time to break free from the traditional and create a new world of love and acceptance along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of Volt Boss. We are going to be discussing the struggles of the working class today under our capitalist system. And in particular, how the COVID-19 crisis has highlighted and exacerbated these problems. Yeah, so I guess we'll dive right in. There's a lot to talk about with this. Yes, they certainly are. I guess we should start off by saying, I mean, the unemployment rate. So many people have lost their jobs or been, at minimum been furloughed during this. And it's, I think it highlights a lot of the lack of safety nets that we have in place. But honestly, it's it's kind of a catch-22 because it's almost like you want to be home to actually be safe mm-hmm. and to be healthy and not risk being out and about and giving it to your family. But obviously the issue that comes with that is what the hell do you do for money? Yeah. Which... Yeah, agreed. I mean, really at this point, it is either work or die or work and die. Yeah. I mean, that's the options we're being provided with. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny to me, but I keep seeing all these commercials and things thinking the, quote, heroes of our economy, uh, frontline workers, healthcare folks, uh, people working in retail, and I just wanted to talk, you know, briefly about how our system uses that word mm-hmm. very specifically, and it's to devalue and endanger whomever that word's being addressed to. So, just a heads up: if somebody calls you a hero here in America, run in the opposite direction. Yeah. Because they're planning on exploiting you, and they're planning on potentially getting you killed. They're sacrificing you for yep. the line, as we call it, for mm-hmm. for profit. And it's gross. I, yeah, I've seen watching Hulu. There's this ad that comes on every commercial break, and it's a bunch of celebrities who are rich as hell, sitting in their house, you know, talking about quarantine on Instagram and how hard it is and all that, clapping at the screen. Mm-hmm. Guy Fieri with his blonde spiky <laughs> hair reaches out, claps at the screen, points at the screen. Talking about our, our frontline heroes, we clap for you. What does clapping do for anyone? Yeah, not a Absolutely damn nothing. It doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't keep you safe. It doesn't keep your family safe. It doesn't provide PPE mm-hmm. for people. I mean, mm-hmm. even our nurses can't get it. But, And I very much respect the profession of nursing and, and the doctors who are working their asses off to save lives. But McDonald's workers... Mm-hmm. are being put in danger. Yep. People who make $8 an hour are being yep. forced to go to work during this. And I, I think that places have gotten better with the PPE. But, I mean, I'm sorry. The six McDonald's in town don't all need to be open during a global health yep. crisis. There's Absolutely. no reason for it other than profit. Absolutely. That's it. And that kind of plays into the other label that these workers are being cast upon in our current situation with essential workers mm-hmm. and to a great degree many of these folks are indeed essential um, what bugs me is that there seem to be a whole lot of the same amount of police around there seem to be just the same amount of supervisors mm-hmm. at these places usually in a nice little office where they're secluded away from the general public definitely always provided with PPE mm-hmm. but we really want to Treat these people as though they're essential. Treat these people as though they're heroes. Pay them a living wage. Right. Give them the PPE they need. Mm-hmm. Because just because I call you a hero doesn't mean I'm given the right to put your life upon the line. Right. And I think it's the pinnacle of irony that the same people who rage against a $15 minimum wage... Mm-hmm 
are screaming for their states to be reopened so that they can go and abuse people who are making minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. I find it, it just absolutely baffling the lack of self-awareness mm -hmm. that's going on to call people essential workers but have spent the last 20, 30 years saying they shouldn't be working that job, mm -hmm. that they should have gotten to some better, right. quotes, job. Suddenly the... Uh, the minimum wage teenager jobs that you shouldn't be having to raise a family on are real essential and they're mm -hmm. heroes but mm -hmm. they still only deserve nine dollars an hour and like you said the people who want to reopen they they don't want to go back to work they don't want to go risk their lives they want other people to go mm -hmm. back to work and risk their lives so that they can serve these idiots mm -hmm. who are probably getting covid Mm. while out parading around <laughs> at the state capitol with no mask on and you know licking each other's boots mm -hmm. <laughs> they're the ones who are getting it but they want everyone else to go back to work so that karen can get her ugly haircut yep. and she can be served at o'charlie's yep. it's it's not a matter of actually being concerned for their freedoms or being concerned for anything they just want other people who are often and almost always underpaid and underappreciated to go back to work. So yeah, you can give people a round of applause if there's actually dollar signs attached to it. Mm -hmm. Because as much as people want to preach this whole work your dream job and all this, my dream is not to provide labor. Yeah. And no one should be. Yeah. So we go to work to make money, period. Yeah. That's it. So if you want me to work in a situation where I'm risking my life and my family's life, at least pay me more. Yep. You need to pony up the cash. Right. You definitely need to be in providing hazard pay. And again, this goes back to, you know, what I was saying earlier. Just because you call somebody a hero, it doesn't mean a damn thing if it's not backed up with respect, if it's not backed up with the caretaking not only of a, a livable wage but providing the necessary safety equipment mm -hmm. when even in addition to a, a livable wage actual benefits mm -hmm. actual mm -hmm. sick pay actual time off so that people can live their lives mm -hmm. countries that have the 35 hour work week 36 hour work week they're so much happier. Mm -hmm. And when you're actually happier in your life, your productivity, you know, tends to increase because you're actually happy with what you're doing and happy with your life. When, when I was working 60, 70 hours a week, I made a bunch of money and mm -hmm. I was miserable yep. because I was working 60, 70 yep. hours a week at a job I didn't give a shit about. Yep. Still don't give a shit about. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm just working closer to 40 hours a week. But, you know, it's... Yeah, it's it's gross to say that these people are heroes, but then not actually supply them with the tools to be happy and, mm -hmm. and do their job well. No one wants to risk their life to work at McDonald's. No. But no. they have to. And that's the, that's the boot on the throat of the working class is that we don't have another option. Yeah. You see people saying, well, be glad you're not laid off or be glad you're not on unemployment. And it's like, I mean, I am in a sense, but at the same time, why should I have to choose? As you mm -hmm. said, it's either work and die or work or die. Yeah. Either way, you're either gonna starve to death or you might go catch COVID and spread yeah. it to people or, or any of the other hazards that are normally in place in the workplace. Yeah. But I, I did wanna touch on a personal experience that we had uh, on May Day. When we went out, to, we went out to our corner and had a little social distance rally. We were masked up six feet apart. But, of course, we always get a mixed bag of reactions. But I had to laugh because I had a sign that said, support workers, hazard pay now. And there was some angry white guy in a pickup truck turning the corner who looked specifically at me and flipped me off. <laughs> Yeah, fuck workers. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> fuck them out. I mean, like, 
you know, I understand Mark carries more, you know, out mm. there signs to provoke people, but like my sign literally just said a hazard pay now, and this guy's like, hey, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> the same guy who probably wants, you know, uh, Texas Roadhouse to mm. reopen. Mm hmm. But when I'm like, hey, pay to pay people $2 more an hour, he's like, ah, fuck and, this lady. <laughs> well, and I, you know, it's, it's interesting to note, you go look at the reopen protests, it's vastly white. Yes. I mean, white as a driven snow. People who can afford um, $5,000 firearms that are yeah, ridiculous uh, we, and unnecessary. We will, we will just briefly cruise on by there, but uh, your $5,000 piece don't mean shit because you can't shoot it like we can shoot our $200 ones. So just going to leave that one uh -huh. there. <laughs> and then secondly, I wanted to point out they're very white and very affluent as opposed to the industries they're demanding to be opened up, yes. which are going to be more primarily persons of color, mm -hmm. women, poor folk, and queer folk. So you have this entire hyper-accelerated white supremacist patriarchal mm -hmm. system, heteronormative patriarchal system, just, as we said at the beginning, all the flaws being pointed out. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is the black light upon the bedsheet of America right now. And really just demonstrating, no, there are grievous systemic uh, violences being perpetrated against these groups. And then you turn around and demand cheap and free labor from them mm -hmm. consistently to keep your shitty, shitty system going. Right. Also, you can get a road, Texas Roadhouse Blooming Onion or get your nails done. Mm -hmm. And it, it, to be completely frank, fuck you, fuck your haircut, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> if you stand for people dying so that your imaginary system can be held back up as this pinnacle of shit that it is... Fuck you. I don't know why you're listening to this. <laughs> but go away. Yeah. Just go take, away. Take it take it elsewhere. I mean, I'd... Uh, screw the economy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would rather all of us suffer a little bit more and not have millions of people dead yeah. just for the sake of saying that we're free. I mean, that whole thing is just a joke. Oh, the government's telling me to stay in my house. Grow up. Yep. Grow up. Yep. Everyone comparing their house to prison and all this stuff. I get Social isolation is hard. Yep. We're not used to it. It's difficult. But stop making it worse than it actually is. But anyway, segue back. I wanted to talk on what you were saying about how these groups of people who are who would be forced back to work are usually less affluent people and persons of color mm -hmm. as of may 4th 2020 i've got the uh, amp research lab here with with these statistics as far as the mortality rate by race mm -hmm. black americans make up 37.2 percent of deaths per hundred thousand people followed by Latino and Asian, which are both sitting right at 16. White is at 14. So. That's obscene. Black people are more than twice as likely to die from this disease. You can't hide the fact that these white people are out here saying, oh, put everybody back to work. Mm -hmm. While black people are twice as likely to die. There's, it's no coincidence. Well, they keep saying, oh, you know, grandma might have to take one for the team. Grandma might. It's very telling. They're not speaking about their grandma. No, not their grandma. They're talking about mostly black grandmas, mm -hmm. followed yeah. by, as you said, Latino. And then for those white folk that are dying, it ain't the rich ones. No, it's not. They're walking out of this. They can afford the ventilator. They can yep. afford the private hospitalization. Mm -hmm. Hell, they can afford, afford to go and get treated with the uh, Cuban antiviral drugs, mm -hmm. which we can't get because of our disgusting imperialist blockade of mm -hmm. Cuba, but that's a subject for another time. Yeah. But, you know, it's very telling that our system calibrated for a moment, wavered, almost did the right thing, and then decided that 
no, they indeed could just butcher a whole bunch of black folk, mm -hmm. could just butcher disproportionately a whole bunch of poorer folk yeah. and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, I find it very telling that a lot of these protesters that are organizing, I follow, I go and creep on their Twitters and such. I like to keep an eye on these sorts of people. But you go look back at, as COVID-19 first kind of rears its head. They are in the group calling for shutdowns. Mm -hmm. They are in the group calling for travel limitations. Yeah. When they're under the illusion that it's a scary virus that might get anybody, might get the white folk, mm -hmm. oh, clamp it all down. Right. But the moment that it became public knowledge that it's primarily black folk and other people of color being affected by this, uh, suddenly we need Applebee's Everything again. needs to be opened up, mm -hmm. which I would, would also like to point out uh, the Navajo Nation is also experiencing grievous levels, and they just, just today, sent pictures. They had requested PPE be sent to them. Guess what they got instead? They sent them body bags. Body bags. And and that's a good point that 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 they weren't even referenced on this research lab's mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I like to bring it up because yeah. I, you know, indigenous folk need brought up yeah, and, they, and centered they because they are often just forgotten. Yeah, I mean, what a slap in the face to, to say, hey, we need PPE. Yeah. People who we have stolen from and neglected for mm -hmm. decades, centuries, continue to just treat them like crap and <laughs> to send them body bags. Yep. Basically say, hey, yep. we don't care. So all the libs worried about us descending into fascism? No, you live in a fascist country. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it is, it, it's very clear now the things that have been issues for a long time that have been underlying in the fight for 15 and which isn't even enough, but you know, mm -hmm. all, the, all the movements that have come about here recently in the past 10 years or so, it's being proven that they're right. Mm -hmm. You can't say these people don't deserve their, their crappy jobs and they should try harder and then clap in their face when they're risking their life to sell you a freaking McDouble. Mm -hmm. it's, it's gross. But... So I think that's a good point to kind of talk a little bit about the history of labor struggle here in this country. You know, we, we touched on Fight for 15. We touched briefly upon earlier how our work week is uh, higher than other countries' work mm -hmm. weeks. And I thought it would be a good idea that maybe we just briefly go over some of the highlights of American labor history. Um, first, I want to start with, we were talking earlier about how when you were working 70, 60 and 70 hours a week, you did not feel like you had a life. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a, the reason we have a 40 hour work week was there was a sort of rule of thumb that uh, we were shooting for and that was eight for work, mm -hmm. eight for sleep, and eight for what we please. Mm -hmm. That's why we got a 40 hour work week, was that it, it made sense, yeah. splits the day into three nice little even things mm -hmm. and gives people the ability to continue going forward. You know, these first, limitations on the working day actually come about because the working class is dying. Yeah. Getting shorter and shorter, you go and look at England as these first maximal hour laws are passed. Mm -hmm. The working class is getting shorter and shorter, sicker and sicker, mm -hmm. and living shorter and shorter. Yeah. So you really have to begin passing these maximum hour laws just to keep your working class alive. Mm -hmm. And how that relates today is, well, if you don't even pay to have the PPE, you're not going to have the people to serve you McDoubles. Right. You're not going to have your nurses, and then you're fucked. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that was kind of a general thrust. I don't think people remember that 40 hour a week did not come as a big gift to you. Right. It was fought for. We fought for that. Our blood. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's that's a concern I have with my job. I mean, I have a union job and basically all we've gotten as of a couple of days ago was here's a mask. You get one per day. If you sweat too much and it gets wet, tough luck. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that my job specifically that I'm in and being on the shift that I'm on, I don't have to be around very many people, but I just, I hear everyone complaining and saying, well, this is ridiculous. Why aren't, why aren't we shutting down? Why aren't we doing this? We, we need to, we need to do something, but then they sit on their hands and go to work every day with their head down and put their mask on and clock in and clock out. If you want something to happen, now is the time. Now is the time to change this. And I don't, I, I mean, I do, I understand the fear because the system makes it shitty on purpose so that you're afraid to walk mm -hmm. out, so that you're afraid to strike or say anything or do anything because yeah, if you lose your job, then what? Mm -hmm. Then you're just screwed. Mm -hmm. It's like a never ending cycle of oppression mm -hmm. where they just keep you just scared enough but doing just well enough. You have this factory job where you make what's considered a decent living, even though you're really not making that great of money, but everyone thinks, oh, you've got this great job. So you're doing just well enough that if you lose that, you basically lose everything. Mm -hmm. You don't have money saved up. Yep. You don't have a safety net. You don't have any of that kind of stuff to where you're just comfortable enough that you keep the job, even if you're miserable, mm -hmm. but you're just scared enough to lose it. Yep. Oh, for sure. Well, and you know, you were saying, why doesn't anybody do anything? And I know it's a rhetorical because I know you know the answer, but mm -hmm. I, we don't do this anymore because we lack a militancy in our unions. Mm -hmm. You know, we've discussed many times, especially the union at the place that you work at, is collaborationist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, they work directly with the company. Yeah. Their objective is to help the company profit mm -hmm. as much as possible so that hopefully trickle-down economics mm -hmm. will invigorate your union members with lots of money. Right. Well, because... The more that the union members make, the more money the union makes, mm -hmm. which is basically the same premise as with the company mm -hmm. that, you know, they're the trickle down. They make more money. Oh, well, you'll get it, too. Well, then the union steps in and says, well, OK, yeah, well, now you're making more money thanks to us. So mm -hmm. we're going to take more, yeah. which don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all about the idea of unions. I agree. I'm more than happy to pay my fair share. For representation that's what that's what socialism is I'm, mm -hmm. I'm more than fine with that however you said it earlier don't piss on my boot and tell me it's raining yeah. because you providing me with the bare minimum that was already fought for and provided for me mm -hmm. by people long before me you're not doing me a favor by giving me that it's the law yeah and I understand that there are some benefits that I have that other people don't, and I do appreciate those. But again, it's not because they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. It's because it was fought for. And I think that if we lose sight of that and we stop fighting, especially at a time like this with COVID, I mean, people are, there are boxes and trailers of dead bodies. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we don't stand up now, when are we going to? Yeah. Yeah. And the, they know that, yeah. and they see that. Yeah. I mean, how much worse does it have to get before we stand up and say, no, this is bullshit. I'm not willing to risk my life for you when you already are bragging about having $8 billion in the bank. Yeah. There's no need for it. Yeah. My life is worth more than that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you said you don't mind paying your dues. You don't mind putting in the money to be a part of something. But part of that, those dues is the expectation that mm -hmm. there will be some militancy, right. some backing of the working class, mm -hmm. rather than just becoming another appendage of the factory mm -hmm. floor, just becoming another added lever or added cog. Right. You know, the, the whole general thrust of history is that those in power never give anything up without being forced to. Mm -hmm. Post-Reagan, really, in this country, but the beginnings come even earlier than that from when the communists were thrown off the AFL-CIO boards. But labor in this country is weak. Weak to the point of being absolutely ineffective. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because at any moment they can bust your union up and order the National Guard to make you go back into that factory. Right. Well, that's the problem. I mean, even just stemming back to that, aren't communists and socialists the people you would want to sit at the head of your union? Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole concept of a union is exactly that. Why would you want capitalists ruling yeah. your union? Yeah. I mean, that's counterproductive to me because... In the, in the capitalist system, you're only thinking about yourself. And I guarantee part of the problem with the union I'm in, as far as our local is, those people are in their comfy desk job making 120 k a year mm -hmm. because I'm paying their salary mm -hmm. for them to really do nothing for me because no one's saying, hey, do something. Yeah. They're just sending out their newsletter of, oh, we're, we're keeping in contact and we're doing this. And it's like, that that's nothing to me mm -hmm. that that paper is kindle for me to light a fire with mm -hmm. that's about as useful as it gets because you telling me oh we're 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 working with them i don't want you working with them i want you working for me yeah to give us better conditions to work in yeah i agree with you and i would be remiss if i didn't mention my union, which is the IWW, mm -hmm. Industrial Workers of the World, uh, it's the one big union. It is an actual militant union. Um, I think anybody that is not a cop or a boss should go join that union. Go look them up. Uh, we've got to start building new militant mm -hmm. working class movements who are not afraid to strike, who are not afraid to walk out who are not afraid to sick out or mm -hmm. slow down or begin using the tools that labor has yeah um, you know this the reason we have these 40-hour work weeks the reason you have the OSHA the reason that you have you know uh, FMLA these things came from people Fighting. Yeah. And when we say fighting actual battles go look up the Battle of Blair Mountain where they drop first chemical warfare uh, where the American government dropped chemical bombs, first aerial bombing that the American government ever took place, bombing uh, Union miners, deploying machine guns. Uh, so these things were fought for. And when we say fought, we don't mean like modern UAW marches, which nothing against those. I think that that's a good first start. Mm -hmm. But when I say fight, I mean fought. Right. People dying. The reason that the color red is socialism's colors so that's the blood of the workers yeah that's our blood that has been shed for this yeah it's just it's a it's a bummer because when you think of a good strong union you think of more what you're saying iww that they're willing to actually get out there and be radical and say no we're gonna we are gonna fight for our workers rights and it's Unfortunate because I, I think there has been such an infiltration of these unions from from these companies that they just like you, you put collaborating. Mm -hmm. That's all it is anymore. Mm -hmm. And really the fact that at my job, I am obligated based upon employment to be a member of the union and pay dues. You can't tell me that they're not collaborating together. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's well, just how it is. I don't have an option to join a different union. Yeah. There's no, I mean, I, I want to be part of a union, but the UAW doesn't represent me. Yeah. As a woman, they don't represent me. As a queer person, they don't represent me. Yeah. As a, a single working woman, they don't represent me. Mm -hmm. They don't have my best interest. So for me to be union proud, paying my dues and doing my time, I don't feel that. No one feels that. That's the, that's the whole environment. There's mm -hmm. this environment of apathy, both for the union and distaste for the company. Mm -hmm. So when you really don't feel like anyone has your back, it just creates just a really negative work environment that you feel trapped in. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the requirement uh, to be a part of the union that comes from a, a solidarity point. Mm -hmm. It comes from a good place, mm -hmm. but it leads to unions being full of reactionary right. trash. Right. You know, it, 
I, I worked out there myself for mm-hmm. a period about six months through a contractor. But every union boy that I, and I say boy because they were all boys. They are. Uh, Absolutely. Every, every union person that I ever interacted with that was high paid, that was in a nice little quote skilled, because mm-hmm. they're not skilled, no. quote skilled position was a racist or yeah. a misogynist or a homophobe mm-hmm. or a transphobe mm-hmm. bringing reactionary politics into a organization that is inherently revolutionary right and when it ceases to be revolutionary it ceases to be what makes a union actually matter so when you don't have militancy when you don't build working class consciousness mm-hmm. we end up with the second a small and this really is a small pandemic this is not like the spanish flu this right. is not like some sort of hyper ebola mm-hmm. or something you know some just wait till the crazy ones start coming out of the permafrost as it melts right but the smallest of crises you immediately are going to have the worst brunt borne by the working class Mm -hmm. because you don't have what is our biggest tool. You know, our our unions are designed originally to be essentially our army. Mm -hmm. The way that we're organized together to not be fighting one-on-one, on-one-on-one, but all together against the boss. Right. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier about you cannot be collaborationist and be a union mm-hmm. that matters. Mm-hmm. The minute that you start looking at this arrangement as a partnership between ownership and union, you've already lost. Mm-hmm. They've already gotten you suckered in yeah. because the boss doesn't make any of the value. No. They suck it away like a vampire. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they forget that the labor is what produces the capital. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you actually you articulated better than than I did in the sense of what I was saying about not being represented as a as a woman or as a queer person is there are tons of trumper reactionary assholes said for lack mm-hmm. of a better word mm-hmm. in my union. How do you have solidarity? which is to me the most important thing within a group is solidarity forever. How do you have that? How am I supposed to think that the guy behind me has my back if he saw me out on the street and would probably kick my ass? Mm -hmm. There's no trust, Mm -hmm. there's no solidarity, there's no bonding amongst each other. And I think that that is done on purpose to keep us infighting. Imagine what the working class would do if we all got along. They put, they put black people against white people mm-hmm. and, and brown people against each other. And they want to create all these divisions. That way we're focused on each other instead of the bigger problem, which is the elitist class. Mm-hmm. And I think that unions need to do better to try to create solidarity. The fact that anyone would be in a union and be a Trump supporter is beyond me. Yeah. But there's this disconnect between what unions are supposed to be and what they actually are now. Yeah. And I think that's what causes this this concern and this issue of what are we going to do to protect ourselves? Well, if even our union won't protect us, yeah. if we all stand individually, we'll fall. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. if we can't stand together, what's what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, got to drive out the reactionaries. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to start forming our own yeah. militant unions. You know, it's funny you said they keep us divided. And yeah, I, I want to quote Big Bill Haywood, you know, an IWW man from years ago. But he said once that if the working class was united, all they would have to do is put their hands in their pockets and they'd have the bosses whipped. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But the point remains, you know, for the people that are in accelerationists or insurrectionists, uh, we don't have to fight them. Mm-mm. We have to get organized and quit giving them for free our work. Because you work a certain amount of every day mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. 
Well, it's a gift. As you talked about the 888, mm -hmm. I mean, if you think of our days now, yeah, my work day is eight hours. I spend 30 minutes getting ready in the to, to put on the basically uniform. It's not mm -hmm. a strict uniform, but it's the clothes that I am required to wear to my job, drive my car to my job, have to be in my area by the time you're giving them at least an extra free 10 minutes because you're not getting paid mm -hmm. to go into work even when you're on the property. And it's the same thing on the way back out. Mm -hmm. So really, you've already allocated basically closer to 10 hours for your workday. And then when you get home, you're washing dishes, cleaning, cleaning the house, doing all these things to where by the end of the day, that three hours you maybe had that, that wasn't preoccupied by other productivity that's required of you for your life, that, that eight hours for yourself is gone. And that's one thing that I've heard a lot with, with COVID of people in quarantine and people out of work is, what are, what are you doing with this time to be productive? Yeah. What, what stocks are you buying? What, <laughs> what workouts are you doing? Which that's great. I mean, yeah, workout, yeah. be healthy. It helps with mental health and everything. But this constant at work and outside of work, this requirement to be productive it's this capitalist leech mm -hmm. that has just been put on our spine that we have to constantly be doing something of quote unquote value mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. For oh, what? Well, what do they say? The idol's hands are the devil's playground? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's so deeply ingrained in our culture that we have little apropoisms about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, every time I see those, I vomit a little bit in my mouth yeah. because it really, to me, has completely highlighted the fact that in our society, the only thing valued is production. Mm -hmm. And that goes all the way from the fact that women are mostly discounted if they're not actively producing something in the factory. Mm -hmm. They're just expected to do the reproductive work for mm -hmm. free. They're expected to reproduce. They're expected yeah. to cook. They're expected to clean. Well, All free labor that isn't valued. And I'll go. I'll go one further even, and say that this mindset has even poisoned organizing and activism yeah. circles. Yeah. Because there's this idea that oh, x amount of likes or x amount of shares, mm -hmm. or to relate to exactly what I was saying about women's labor being unpaid in organizing circles. All the time, women are providing free labor of the most grueling, least recognized kind. And then when they bring it up, it's viewed as, oh, well, she's a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. So this idea of productivity, this idea of always having to be doing something, not only is it not beneficial for you, not only is it an artificial thought mm -hmm. that's been inserted into our culture, but it's a relic from how this country and this system sort of came about, which in particular for America is the Puritans. And the Puritans, they were so shitty that nobody wanted them in Europe anymore. Nobody was being mean to the pilgrims. They didn't want them there because they were being mean to other people. Mm. These are the people that wanted folks to be working on Christmas. They wanted you to work seven days a week. Uh, well, it's not hard to believe they weren't good people when they came and slaughtered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The indigenous people. I don't. I don't know. Could the people who committed a genocide right. against, you know, several First Nations, uh, possibly be bad right. people? I don't right. know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's ludicrous, and it it reflects kind of just the basic thrust of capitalism, which is your only value that you can contribute has to be a measurable, mm -hmm. saleable commodity. Well, and that's all you're worth yeah. as a human being yeah. is the dollar sign that you can produce above your head. Yeah. And well, it's just, it's so nonsensical because as, like you said with, with women primarily, but just in general, there are so many essential since we're all using that word 
skills and practices that that people use every day even just taking care of each other mm -hmm. even just putting in 20 minutes to check on your friend's mental health mm -hmm. is so much more valuable i guarantee the eight hours that i spend at work i could write you a laundry list and me writing that list would be more productive yeah. <laughs> than the time that yeah. i spend at work that eight hours that 40 hours a week that i'm there i promise you I'm not I'm not contributing anything. I'm not making the world a better place. All I'm doing is lining someone's pocket. Yep. And that's it. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about my the job that I do. I don't feel good about helping helping the company I help mm -hmm. to destroy the planet. Yeah. But I go because I can't get paid to to organize and be an activist and and look out for my friends and hang out with my dogs, yeah. even though most of that is much more productive than yeah. what I do at work all day. Yeah. But it's just unappreciated, unvalued, because it doesn't contribute to the system. Yeah. Because yeah, we know plenty of people who don't work, uh, you included. Mm -hmm. the, the, the things you do all week helping people get food right mm -hmm. now, I promise the two hours a day you spend doing that is more productive mm -hmm. than what I do at work. Mark, what he what he spent the last year doing mm -hmm. is more productive than the, what I've done the last year. I promise you that. But our system looks at it and says, nope, she helped produce value for this big company. So uh, yeah, she's, she's more important. Yeah. And it's just not the case. Yeah. It's not the case at all. So to imply that these people who are stressed going through a collective trauma are out of work, wondering how they're gonna pay their bills, and you're telling them they need to fucking be productive? Yeah. By doing what? Baking bread? I mean, if, if someone wants to sit at home all day and eat hot chips, God, let them. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Still, they have a right to do that. Yeah, it's, it's almost as though human beings become human beings not through their job. Mm -hmm. I... Oh. <laughs> small little story but you know one time I I met another little hippie guy and I asked him I said so so what do you do and I'm expecting him to say oh well, I paint cars or hey well you know I work out at mm -hmm. XYZ and he goes well man like I drive around a lot and sometimes I hang out with my dogs and sometimes and it it just took me completely mm -hmm. by surprise because it was like well shit that's what he does. That's what you do. And that's okay. Yeah. Like what you do with your life shouldn't be what job you have. Yeah. And uh, you know, we talked about it. We're we're forced into this. Mm -hmm. It's a for all the talk of freedom, you know, yeah, America. But we're forced into this. There same thing as if a gun was up to your head. It's yeah. just the gun is a slow starving or yeah. freezing to death. Yeah. You know, and the grand hubris of dragging everybody into this with us rather than just allowing some people who have been through a horrible thing, like you said, a collective trauma, mm -hmm. the space to heal, the mm -hmm. resources to be okay mm -hmm. and not be further traumatized while they heal from this. Well, think of how many people are going to, even when things get back to normal, the, the PTSD of this entire thing, even if you haven't had a, a horrendous struggle during this, it has been a major issue. And we're not giving people the tools to actually take a second and, and reflect and meditate on this and to, to get out of it. But in the sense of change, I, I think, and I, I've preached it before, this has really highlighted why we need UBI. Yep. We, I mean, we have to have it. There's no, the, the productivity that we would have if we all actually did jobs that we wanted to do. Oh yeah. I say jobs is for lack of a better term. If we were all actually doing and, and we're guaranteed to have a satisfying life, maybe not even extra wildly crazy, wonderful, but if we were provided with a salary that allowed for us to have the necessities that we need as human beings to have, 
the world would be a so much better place mm -hmm. if we could all actually do what we were passionate about. Think of the social workers who never went to school because they couldn't afford it. Yeah. Our therapists, artists, yeah. people, musicians who could not pursue these things that would make the world a much better place for fear of going into debt or not yeah. making it in our system. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's always funny as a communist, I go, oh, well, why would anybody do anything then? It's like, I don't know. Why don't you go ask Minecraft players why they build one-for-one -one replicas of the Taj Mahal? Right. Why don't you go ask, you know, uh, Linux users why they would spend thousands of hours helping each other develop how to run an old 90s game? People do things because right. they make people happy. Right. And when you work away from this idea of productivity for productivity's sake, or that... The eight hours, mm -hmm. you know, what do you do? You're you're not going in there going balls to the wall because you're super stoked about getting these trucks no. down the line. No, no, you're you're going in. You punch your card. You you know you work. To be honest, I look at what I need to accomplish and think of how I can make it last eight hours. Yeah. Whereas if I'm at home working in my garden. I'm going to get that shit done in 20 minutes because it's something I want to do that I care about and, mm -hmm. and set my mind to it instead of this idea of, wow, I have to make this last this amount of time before I can be free to go home and go to sleep again. Yeah. The productivity, it's just, it's so different when it's something that you actually care about. Yeah. And if we all had the opportunity to actually do that, it just blows my mind how much better off we would be. Yep. So speaking of better off, how do we get there? How do we get there? Communism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to on get today's there, episode of we're ending in communism at some point on this podcast. So Oh, you're right. I mean we had the capitalist system is it's the killer. Yeah. It is it. There's there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, a predator almost by definition. I mean, a capitalist is a the system running upon exploitation the way that it does. There is no real happy face capitalism that we can get. We can't really ever get to a point where people aren't being exploited if we want to have this system. So, t yeah, talking about how we get to a better place, you know, we need militant unions. Mm -hmm. We need a revitalization of the current unions towards militant ones and those that can't be brought out of the reactionary backwards views. We need to discard and make our own, mm -hmm. you know. We need to claim and own the culture of not having to be productive for productive sake. The culture of humanity having value just for being humanity. Mm -hmm. And I'd also say we need to take nationalized ownership of these major corporations that provide energy and power and yeah. quote unquote essential things. If they were owned and operated by us, we would have a much better say on how they affected our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I'm sorry, but Department of Defense, you've got all the toys you could ever want for the rest of your life. You're cut off. Mm -hmm. No more money no to the more. military. You guys, you guys, first and foremost, you're an affront to humanity. And secondly, you've done nothing to help us since your inception. Well, they've also damaged the working class. How many poor people have joined the military and either suffer from PTSD or had body parts blown off yeah. or are dead because they didn't see another option? Yeah. So, you know, we... And I think in so doing, I think in taking the power away from the military-industrial complex and taking those resources and putting them towards nationalizing industries, which sure, we'll buy your asses out. Sure, you can make one great big glass golden parachute, mm -hmm. assholes, uh, but you're done. Right. This, we're, we're not having it so that a power company can even 
potentially shut power off in mm -hmm. a pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is a lot of this we're relying upon good graces of people we should not be relying upon good graces of. Right. And the only reason that they have reached out the way that they have is because they're terrified that you will drag them out of their house and mm -hmm. lynch them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hate to be just so black and white about this, but the only reason that Comcast is giving free internet, the only reason that Verizon just sent me a thing that, oh, you got 15 extra gigs this month, it's to keep you guys mm -hmm. from tearing this son of a bitch down. Right. Because... The cracks are so fucking glaring. Mm -hmm. It's so visibly just a shitty Lego construction right. that they're begging you, do anything else but tear this thing down and make a new world. Well, and that just shows. If they can provide that now, they can provide it anytime. Yeah. It goes back to our very first episode. You know, mm -hmm. the, all of this has just demonstrated that it's been a cruel mm -hmm. farce. Mm -hmm. It has. It has. So anyway, if you are out, if, if you're supporting the local economy, that's great. If you're getting pickup food, whatever, I mean, if they're going to be open, we should, we should patronize them to keep them around local stuff. Tip your, tip the workers, mm -hmm. tip people, thank them, be polite to them. Don't fucking give them a round of applause mm -hmm. or call them a hero, but be nice to people. Because, yeah, you can say, oh, they're lucky they have a job, and that's great, but they're risking their life and their health to be there to serve you, so be nice. Mm -hmm. That's really the final point that I wanted to make with this whole thing is you can be happy or jealous for other people about their current state of employment, but we are all in danger right now, mm -hmm. so keep that in mind, and don't be a shitty human being. Yeah. And I think I'll leave it on, you know, those same people that Anna's telling you to be nice to. You know, when this is abates, which it will, I know it doesn't feel like it, but it will abate. Uh, I want you to remember who it was that was serving you. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't your Blue Lives Matter. They've just been beating people. Mm -hmm. They ain't stopped that same no. amount of police killings as was before every other year. Mm -hmm. No, drop in crime, drop in arrests, same amount of killings. Mm -hmm. But I want you to remember who it was. And I want you to remember what, what we're made of. Because mm -hmm. we're not, we've not always been this weak, defeated class. We've stood up before. And every time we've stood up as one, We've taken whatever the hell we've won. Yeah, we have. We've never lost. So that I'm going to leave you guys on that. I just want you to remember what we once were. Mm -hmm. And let's be that again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. Bye-bye.